in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I always enjoy the little articles that come out this type of year in newspapers and other media, which are trying to explain to the churched and unchurched alike why Roman Catholics and traditional Protestants do this extremely weird thing where they go to church on Wednesday night and have ash rubbed on their head in the sign of the cross. And often it is remarked that this is an ancient custom of the church. And to be fair, it is a little over 500 years old, making it downright ancient in our moreless and rootless age. But for Roman Catholics and for you Lutherans who follow the traditional, historic, and ancient Christian liturgy, it is really, in fact, one of the very most modern things that you do in church. Most parts of the liturgy, the church year, the bowing, the crossing yourself, all those things find their roots in the first 500 years of the church after, after the resurrection of our Lord. Ash Wednesday, on the other hand, has roots in some local practices in the 10th century, but as a universal custom of the Western church, only predates the Reformation by about a century. But nonetheless, it is a salutary custom for us, especially for our modern age. For our forefathers, the reality of death was an ever-present reality and was before their very eyes. They needed no reminder that men are mortal and that life is short. War not in some far-flung country that you have never been to, but in your own community, was common for many. Diseases which carried away young and old alike were well known, and people used to die in bed at home, surrounded by their families. Now it usually happens in the hospital or hospice or a nursing home, shielding most of us most of the time, from the reality of death. I am grateful that we live in an area where open casket visitations are still the norm. But in many places in the country, that is not so. And thus, many people are not faced with the reality of death until they are facing their own. For too many, the reality of death has become unreal to them. I think this explains, in part, the overwrought reaction to COVID we saw circa 2020. For many, it was the first time that they had ever realized, truly realized, that is, that they were mortal, and they didn't know how to react. But a knowledge, an understanding of our mortality is salutary. One, because it is always best that our thoughts and our actions accord with reality, whether it is a pleasant reality or not. And even if we have hidden it away, death is still the universal experience of humankind. And, it is, and reality always reasserts itself. And following from that consciousness, it is vital, right? A knowledge of death is vital, for uh, living life well, for keeping things in perspective, 
priorities straight. And I mean vital in the most literal and etymological sense from the Latin vita, meaning life. The knowledge of death is vital for us living this life in a way that is truly living, that is full of life. And of course, we all want to live a life full of life. Why is it so important? Because it puts things in the proper and necessary perspective. Just think about it. You are not going to be laying on your deathbed and thinking, I really wish I had spent more time doom-scrolling on my phone. I really wish I had binged one more Netflix series or watched more TV or Ohio State had won that one game. I wish I had neglected the things of God and meaningful human relationships more. No, of course not. A consciousness of death leads us to a consciousness of life, to live it well, to know what is important and to pursue what is worthwhile, both in terms of the things of this body and life and in terms of spiritual matters. This is why our fathers in the faith prescribed meditation on death as a spiritual discipline for Christians. It helps us to realize those worthless things that none of those matter. Of course, there is no sin in enjoying a little bit of mindless entertainment to unwind at the end of a day. But as is too often the case, that which is not inherently sinful consumes us and becomes so. In the weakness of our flesh, it is all too easy not to enjoy the earthly pleasures that God gives as good gifts from the giver, but to become enslaved to them and neglect those things which do matter. Contemplation of death points us to that which matters. What matters are those divine vocations, those callings given to us by God which define us and shape us, which point us to who we were created to be by our Creator and what it truly means to be a human, the crown of the creation of God's good creation. You will not ask on your deathbed, did I spend enough time mindlessly satisfying this or that desire? You'll ask, was I a father to my children? Did I set a good example? Did I train them up in virtue? Will they say of my son, he is a good man? Will they say of my daughter that she is a fine woman? Did I instill in them a love and fear of the Lord so that I might enjoy him and them in eternity? Did I love my wife as I ought? Was I Christ to her? Or was I a faithful mother? Did I love my children, teach them compassion and to care for others, especially for their own families? Did I honor my husband? Or did I honor my parents while they were still here? Did I express my gratitude for all that they did for me? And who am I before God? When I die, will I find him a stern judge or a gracious and loving father? And so, Ash Wednesday is salutary for us. 
It is good for us. Without preparation in the cycle of readings, without any warning, Ash Wednesday comes as an unexpected interruption into the richness and pleasures of Epiphany with the grim reminder, dust thou art and unto dust shalt thou return. We might want to follow the way of the world and turn aside from this fact, hide it, raise our voices, laugh a little louder, quicken the pace of our pleasure. But the voice rings out, you too shall die. Dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. We must work the works of him who sent us while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. But that stark reminder comes not just with a grim call, but with a call to repentance and with the sweet note of the gospel. Be reconciled to God, St. Paul says. Repent. Turn from, the, from sin and the futile things of this world and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For death is reality for all people. It is the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. Indeed, sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all sinned. But even as death is a reality, the even greater truth is that God has dealt with death once and for all. Indeed, the apostle proclaims, the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. It is as the prophet Isaiah prophesied, He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God, we have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. And what Isaiah has prophesied has come to pass. For our sake the Father made Christ to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The wages of sin are death. But Christ who knew no sin died for the sake of our sins, that we might become the righteousness of God. And the righteous do not die, but they live forever. And so the call of Ash Wednesday, dust thou art unto dust, thou shalt return, should put our lives into perspective and call us to turn to our Savior, who through his death transforms our deaths into new life by forgiveness and by resurrection. God has said, in a favorable time I listened to you, And, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So repent. Be reconciled to God through Jesus' shed blood. And your ash will not pass away, but be raised to eternal life. 
and live your life as one who is alive to God. We must work the works of him who sent us while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. You, dear Christians, live your lives not only in the perspective of death and under its shadow, but also in the light of eternity. And so empowered by the Holy Spirit, born again with new life, men, be fathers to your children. Honor children, honor your parents. Wives, love your children. Do those things to which you are called. And all of you, be ambassadors to your neighbor of Christ. You are justified for Christ's sake alone. You are loved by the Father, and you are the very righteousness of God by His declaration. Now do the works of God's righteousness while it is still day, for night is coming when no one can work. Do the big things and do those small mundane things, those little acts of love that no one seems to notice because we do not practice our righteousness for the praise of men but your father who sees in secret will reward you indeed he who has given you all things even his own son he will not neglect your reward for even the smallest deed in the name of jesus amen you may rise for the offertory